0: Hymn number 707. Do not save riches here on earth, where moths and rust destroy, and robbers break in and steal. Instead, save riches in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and robbers cannot break in and steal. For your heart will always be where your riches are. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 395, Marvelous Grace of Our Loving Lord. Go to the Lord in prayer this morning, our gracious God. We are so thankful that we have this opportunity to come and worship you this morning. And Lord, even though we're thinking about different things, the challenges that we face in our lives, the stresses that we have, God, we just want to clear our hearts and minds for our time of worship right now. And God, we do so in this time of prayer because it gives us an opportunity to. Be still and know that you are God in our lives, and we come before you with the needs and requests in our lives, the needs of family members, the needs of friends, the needs of patients throughout this medical center, the needs of the families that we'll be visiting today. Lord, we lift all those needs up to you, and in the quietness of our own hearts and minds, God, we just pause and say thank you for the relationship that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we would ask that your Spirit would continue to be with us, that your presence would be known, and that we would be able to draw closer to you during this time of worship. And we are so thankful, God, that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 393, Years I Spent in Vanity and Pride. Number 393. 1 John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, so also we ought to love one another. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that in this time of worship we have seen the hearts being displayed the act of worship, the act of respect, the act of devotion. And God, I would just help, help me to be reminded of the fact that in all these things that we do, we do so as an act of love. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know where you are at in your New Year's resolutions, but I know that I've already broken several of mine. But what's interesting is we are approaching the new year. There are a lot of continuing New Year's resolutions that people were talking about and passing along during social media. And I found one on social media that I thought was kind of interesting, and I'm going to try to use it in the next few weeks that I preach to kind of work through those resolutions and kind of preach on those resolutions to kind of help us make us all through those, those commitments that we're trying to make. And this was the one I found on on social media. Eight things to give up in 2016. And what was interesting is the posting said eight things to give up in 2015, right? So right there, there was a mistake. But here's the list. Doubting yourself, negative thinking, fear of failure, criticizing yourself and others, negative self-talk, procrastination, fear of success, and people pleasing. So we'll see how we do. I know that I have probably committed all of those, uh, doubting myself, negative thinking, fear of failure, criticizing yourself and others, negative self-talk, procrastination, fear of success, and people pleasing. But as we think about those things, I think there's all things in our lives that we can improve upon to make better. And I just want to take the first one this Sunday and talk about doubting yourself and what can we do according to the scriptures to help us overcome doubting yourself and we we all do that we doubt ourselves on a regular basis in terms of who we are as a human being in terms of our purpose here in life in terms of the things that we do on a regular basis we all have this self-doubt about ourselves and many times we don't share that self-doubt. We try to walk with confidence. We try to be, in fact, we do the things that make us overconfident, right? We display cockiness. We display that self-assuredness that's not real. We fend off people because we don't want them to get too close to us because they might see the doubts that we have about ourselves and who we are. And I was, I was thinking about doubting yourself, I was thinking about what would I do to counteract that? And of course, the doubting of yourself, the opposite of that would be having confidence in yourself. And so how can we achieve confidence in ourselves when we deal with the struggle of doubting ourselves in terms of who we are and what we do? And what came to mind was the fact that the way that we can have true confidence... Not false confidence, not an emotional sense of I know I can take on the situation and I know I can defeat it and I know I can win, but real confidence in what we believe in. And the way that we can get that confidence is by showing and displaying love in whatever situation that we are in. So think about that for a minute. Think about the fact that when you're in a situation How do you face it? How do you confront it? Do you say that you love this situation and you're going to learn the best that you can from it? Or do you kind of, with fear and trembling, get into that situation and say, you know, I just don't know how I'm going to do. I might say the wrong thing. I might do the wrong thing. And you start doubting yourself. In fact, when I was coming here to chapel this morning, I'd been away for about a week, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get here, and there's going to be a bunch of emails and a bunch of requests for me to do certain things, and am I going to be up to the task, and am I going to take out the responsibilities that I have and carry out what my boss wants me to do, and all those kind of things. And I started doubting myself. And then I remembered what I was going to be preaching about this morning, and I said, you know what? I'm going to love coming to my place of work this morning. I'm going to love the opportunity that I get to look at my emails and those face those challenges with love. Of course, Lynn can tell you that there was a couple of emails that I made some comments about that were not loving, that were not kind. But I returned back to my original thought of loving what I'm doing. Loving the opportunity to come and worship with each and every one of you. Loving the opportunity to come and speak before you. And trust me, I'm not any better than you are. God has just given me this opportunity to do this on a regular basis. And when I thought about all those things, and even as I am talking about those things to you right now, I'm given confidence. Not false confidence. Not consciousness. Not things in which I explain some kind of unreal emotion and I start yelling and screaming up here, which maybe some of you expect. But generally I'm a low-key kind of guy. But love that reminds me that I'm responding to God's calling in my life in the same way that you are responding to God's calling in your life. The scriptures remind us that in all that we do and all that we say, the first and foremost thing that we are supposed to do is to show and demonstrate that love. And yes, there will be probably situations later on today where I will have to show some confidence instead of doubting myself. But once again, it's the whole concept of love. You know, and it's not the kind of love that is touchy-feely. It's a practical application of love in our everyday relationships. It's not a kind of love that, you know, it can bring tears to your eyes, but sometimes it doesn't. It's just a kind of love in which you enter into that with confidence because you know that love comes from the presence of the Spirit of God in your life. And it's not love that you've created. It's not love that is an ideology, but it's love that is real. It's something that is very practical that you can use in all of the different aspects of your life when you're doubting yourself in terms of whether you have an aptitude to do something or not. And if you take that love that has been expressed to us this morning in the scriptures, the fact that we are to love one another. Now it doesn't mean that we don't have issues. It doesn't mean that personalities don't conflict. It doesn't mean that we don't have challenges with friends and with family members and with coworkers and people that are around us in the relationships that we are a part of right now. But it reminds us of what our priority should be in our lives so we can walk with confidence. There is no need for you to doubt yourself in any circumstance if you look at it with the eyes of love that God has provided to you through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that means you are looking through the eyes of the Spirit of God that is present in your life. It is something that exists. It's something that you can hold on to. It's something that you can have that confidence in. Because you know that God is working in your life. And it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you are perfect. None of us are. It doesn't mean that you even have to hold true to your New Year's resolutions that you've already broken. But it gives us something that we can live for. It gives us something that when we have those waves of fear and doubt that overcome us, that we can let those waves pass through us and that we can stand strong in the fact and in the confidence of the fact that God loves you just for the way that you are and it doesn't have anything to do with other people say or what other people think about you what other people write about you because we know that those things are only temporary and those things have no value but what has the long value is the value in the relationship that you have with God through his son Jesus Christ So that confidence comes from the fact that we live in him and he lives in us. So do you have that confidence? Are you even doubting yourself whether God lives in you or not? God tells us not to doubt about those things because we can have that assurance of salvation as we walk with God. Acknowledging the fact that Jesus is the son of God and that that relationship is there for each and every one of us and even though people would ask me and I've heard these questions asked on social media and on the television okay where is this God that you claim to exist and they want some kind of rational concrete answer and to be honest with you I can only say that The existence of God in my life is one of faith. Because I've seen God work in my life. And of course their response to that is, well, those are just circumstances and you just happen to be lucky. And I would say, well, you can say that. You can think that. But I don't think that. I don't say that. (coughs) And then we try to answer those questions. And then we start doubting ourselves because what happens We forget about the love that God has given us. And so when people say those things, when they attack your relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ, they question you about the existence, they question you about your conduct and how do you call yourself a Christian, and all of those accusations are absolutely true. There are times that I don't act like a Christian. There are times that I am so far away from God that you'd say, how can this guy even claim any kind of relationship with any kind of supernatural being? But you know, that's the love that God shows. That he takes us back again and again. And he shows us that grace. Favor that we do not work for, favor that there's nothing that we can do to reestablish it. It's something that God does freely. God does so because he loves us. And you will never find anything else in the world in which we have that has the same kind of relationship. One that shows grace. One that shows love. Regardless of who you are. And as we journey through life, as we go through our different tasks in the world in which God has placed us in, we are reminded that we are to be like Christ. That we are to be like Him in all things. That we are to be in confidence in our relationship with Him. And the only way that we can do that is to have that love. To show and manifest that love. That love that is practical, the love that people can understand, the love that people can see in your demeanor, the love that is expressed in such a way that the closest people around you know that you're trying to get it right. Oh man, that's love. There are times that I would like to run away and hide from some of the situations that I'm in. There are times that I want to blame certain situations that I'm in on other people. And all of those things might be valid. All of those things might be true. But you know, I have a responsibility to love the situation that I'm in. That doesn't mean that we accept it. doesn't mean that we don't do anything to change it. But when we do those things to change it and to make it better we do so with an attitude of love. We do so reminding ourselves that we are the children of God, that we are the sons and daughters of God. Knowing that you and I in the love that we have from God, that we have eternal life. Knowing that as we call out to God, as we pray to God, that we hear us, that He understands us, that He reaches out to us. Knowing that we are born in God. And because we are born in God through His Son, Jesus Christ, there's a reassurance that He will keep us safe. It doesn't mean that things don't happen to us. This past week, we were up up north. We had a lot of snow up there. My daughters-in-law were going out with my wife and they were going to just have some coffee just to spend some time and be together and I always joke with my daughters-in-law that when they get together they're plotting and they're scheming their next move within the family and they all joke about that and as they were going down this icy hill my daughter-in-law who was driving wasn't going very fast in fact the witnesses at the accident said that she was going so slow that you could basically walk by the side of the car. And she hit this ice as she was going down the hill and she slid into a wall. She wasn't the one hurt. My other daughter-in-law, is a short little petite gal, instead of bracing for impact that maybe you and I would do, she put her knees up against the dashboard. They were going so slow that the airbags did not even deploy. But the impact of that wall told the car, and my daughter-in-law, who was a passenger on the driver's side, on the passenger side in the front seat, her knee hit her nose. She broke her nose, and she split her nose all the way up and required 22 stitches to put it back together again. And my wife, who saw the accident, she was shaken up by it, because obviously these are things that we don't want to see happen to anyone and especially the people that you have relationships with, the people that you love, the people that you care for. And as we worked through that experience as a family, there was not any complaint. There was not any condemnation. There was not any blame. In fact, for my daughter who was driving, she could sense the love Because she realized that it was an accident, but you know, you feel responsible when things like that happen. But she could sense from the family that they forgive her if there's anything that needs to be forgiven. That we love her just for who she is as a person. And for the daughter-in-law that got hurt, she could sense that love of two in a very quiet way. And I asked the question to God, God, you know, come on, why did you allow this to happen? She didn't do anything wrong. But yet we have these things happen. And obviously there's more things in life that are a greater tragedy. But yet those minor things is what calls into question. And we begin to doubt ourselves. We begin to doubt our relationship with God about whether he truly exists or not. All of those things. And we do those things. Many times we don't express it in that way, but those are the things that we are feeling. And if we could put words on it. But God reminds us that for us, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to look at it through the lens of love that he has given to us. The lens of love that he has provided to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we think of those things and understand those things, it gives us the confidence that we need to have to overcome that doubt that exists in our lives. And we do so because we understand that within that confidence that we have that freedom in Christ. We have that freedom to express that love in Christ. We have the freedom to deal with the doubting of ourselves. In Christ. He gives us every opportunity to deal with those doubts that we have. He gives us every opportunity to have the confidence that he wants us to have as we go through life. To see those circumstances. To see those challenges. for the condition of love. Think about that just for a minute. Think about the fact that something that you might be challenged with today. What happens when you think about it in terms of love? It doesn't take away the situation, but it gives you the spirit, the clarity of thought, the clarity of motion, the clarity of decision-making, because then you see it in the way that it should be seen. Because when you look at those circumstances and the challenges that you have through the eyes of love, all of those other things kind of go away, don't they? And you see what you need to do in that circumstance. You have a feeling of assuredness and confidence, even if that situation is negative, even if that situation is hurtful. You see it in a different perspective because you're looking at it through the love that God has provided through his son Jesus Christ to each and every one of us. It is my hope and prayer for all of us as we begin 2016 together that any time you are doubting yourself Remember the love that God has given you in spirit and in truth. Remember the love that God has given you so you can see with clarity of purpose what you should be doing. Remember in that love that those emotions that you have, make those the emotions that they should be through the love that God has provided to you through your son Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion, reminding ourselves that as we publicly partake of communion together, we do so in love, because God loves us, and God cares for us in all things. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you've given us this opportunity to come and worship and Lord forgive us for our doubts about ourselves forgive us of the fears that we've had forgive us for the times that all we had to do was to turn to your love to give us that clarity of purpose to give us that answer to give us that plan to give us that priority And God, we would just ask that each and every one of us would come to you in all things with confidence in the love that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for this time of communion that we give a public testimony of that love and confidence in you. In Christ's name, amen. receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us protect together. Our closing hymn is number 389, Just as I Am, Without One Plea. God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us to walk in confidence in your love. And as we face these challenges and trials in our lives, we do so knowing that we have your loving spirit in our daily lives. We thank you, God, and we praise you for that. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming.